So what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernishton. Joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chips, Kevin, my co-host, the best in the business, Devin the Verified Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. Uh, you know, Friday, you know, got another busy week in college football, NFL action. Excited to get it uh, get it on, man. You know, it, it should be a, a very good weekend, uh, especially for college football. And uh, I definitely expect, you know, to be, you know, talking about uh, uh, quite a bit of prospects, you know, when it's time. So uh, it, it should be a good weekend, man. It should be a good one. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, just before um, we get into the college picks like we've been doing, a um, little bit of NFL news. Obviously, the uncertainty around uh, the Tennessee Titans season continues. Uh, they were supposed to open up their facility, I believe, on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um and yeah, the team just cannot help themselves. Uh, while their facility was closed, players were arranging private workouts at a high school, and shocker, more COVID positive tests are coming. So, I mean, I don't know whether this is like a top down thing and this is like Mike Vrabel at the top doing this, or whether this is just players, frankly, just being stupid. Uh, like I know you, you got to stay in, in playing shape, but this is this is ridiculous because now you're probably gonna get your second straight delayed or canceled game. Yeah, I mean it it hasn't been smart at all for them, and uh, just the more that comes out just makes it more disturbing. You know, there they could have put a lot of other players in jeopardy and, and potentially <clears throat> the whole entire NFL season in jeopardy. All it took was for the Steelers to go and visit the Titans in Nashville. Uh, the players, you know, it's, it's been quite a bit of an outbreak on that team. And then all of a sudden you would have had, you know, the Steelers and then it just would have been an entire mess. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's really a mess right now. I feel like a decision has to be made, uh, by this weekend to, you know, give teams clarity going forward. You know, the Bills, are basically waiting around to see what's going to happen with their game against the Titans. Uh, the Steelers already had their game moved against the Titans to week seven, and then Baltimore had to move their. So it was a bunch of already, you know, moving around the schedule uh, just based off of one team's actions. And then the fact that, you know, they want to work out while their facility is closed together, you know, with an outbreak, you know, happening, uh, that's very irresponsible. And now we're in a situation where the NFL is probably going to come down hard on them. Uh, we don't know what the punishment will be. Uh, I doubt it will be that they will have to forfeit games or anything like that. They're just not in a position to do that in NFL right now. Uh, but I expect potentially them to lose draft picks or, you know, their, their coach or someone in the organization gets suspended for the entire season. Yeah, man, it's just, it's getting ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because that is kind of the big thing right now. I believe their game is is moved to Monday or Tuesday. So there there has been a game that's been flexed to Tuesday. So this is the, the I mean this is the new NFL that we have to deal with it, you know uh, due to COVID. So there's the risk you take in terms of scheduling and whatnot. But player safety is above all, and if Tennessee would like to get their shit together, that would be great. So what do you say we preview some of these college games, man? Yeah, let's do it. 
All right. So starting off again, we're just doing what, what we always do. I'm literally just looking at you know them chronologically. I ain't got time to try to sort by uh, by college ranking. At noon, we have number four Florida at number twenty one Texas A and M. Florida favored by six and a half. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Florida, man. Um, I just Kellen Mond, he's just not it. Uh, Texas A and M's secondary got exposed by Alabama. Uh, to be they, fair, a lot of secondaries get exposed by Alabama now. Well, well, that's very true, but they they got exposed really bad. Uh, give a multiple, you know, long touchdowns, so many blown coverages. I mean, it it was an ugly sight for A uh, and M last week. I don't expect it to change. I think they'll score more offensively, probably make it a better game. Uh, but I still got Florida by at least two scores. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Um. I don't know what it is about some of the things I've heard uh, from more national outlets about the two Kyles of Florida. Um, there are people that think that Kyle Trask is trash, which y'all can miss me with that. That's just false. That's just false. I'm sorry. And, you know, I was hearing on a podcast earlier in the week that, like, you know, Kyle Pitts is six, you know, he is six five. He is like 240, 250, but. They're not expecting him to be fast. They're expecting like four seven five four eight. Absolutely so. not. <laughs> All right, uh, let me go ahead and put this out there, man. Look, um, I get that people don't like that Kyle Trask is being compared to Joe Burrow and and saying that he's having a Joe Burrow type rise, but we're not gonna pretend like he is some bad quarterback. You know, uh, people are gonna point out plays, you know, that he may have missed throws or he just didn't have enough velocity or zip on it. You can do that for prospect, man. Um, I, I'm, I just don't get the notion that people are saying, you know, I don't want Kyle Trask. I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a quarterback at the next level. You know, all those type of things that people are saying, you know, just because, you know, a lot of people are, you know, building around hype and, you know, um, really see him, you know, potentially rising up to maybe the first round. I, I honestly don't see why people are trying to discredit him and discredit him as a quarterback. Uh, then again, you know, this is only his second year starting since high school. So we have to put that into context and understand that why he may not be the most talented or, you know, uh, has the, has the best arm for a prospect. He's still a really good prospect. And then for Kyle Pitts, Saying that he's going to run a four seven five is just un uninformed and, and just wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, unless he wants to gain twenty pounds, which he probably doesn't want to do, I don't see him running anything below a four six. I mean, yeah. he, he, even if he runs a four seven five, he still has the breakaway speed to get away from defenders. And he plays faster situation. than he is. Like, yeah, I, I no, nah. Pat. Come on now, Pat Fryermuth is probably running a four seven five. If we're being honest, not <laughs> not Kyle Pitts, man. Come on. All right, so we're both in agreement that Florida is going to win this one and probably win by more than a touchdown, right? Yes, yes, sir. All right, I'm looking really forward to this next game, Devin. Number nineteen, Virginia Tech at number eight, North Carolina. Yeah, people are sleeping on Virginia Tech. Oh yeah, um, they they got some dudes. Obviously, your dude Christian Darisaw, uh, friend of the pod, national attention now. Yeah, uh, he. I reached out to Christian. He is he is one of the nicest people. He is literally one of the ni- nicest human beings. Um, you know, you know, told him you know uh, that I had heard he was getting some some more uh, you know attention, and 
I'll tell you, he is one of the most, like, humble dudes ever. You think, like, you know, the moment you start getting, you know, top 50 buzz when a couple months ago, very few people really knew who Derisaw was. Now he's getting top 50 buzz, and he's like, you know, well, uh, you know, I appreciate it, and, you know, appreciate all the people that, you know, supported me from the beginning, and I, I hope I can just keep keep rising. And I'm just like, it's so hard not to, it, it, like, it's so hard to, to, to not root for this kid. Small town dude, uh, from the same hometown as, as Chase Young, uh, which is like 300 people in like upper, upper Mar, 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 somewhere in Maryland where I cannot pronounce the freaking name. The same one, like that cigarette company. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Marlboro. Marlboro. Thank you. It's 9 a.m. My mouth ain't working properly. Uh, so yeah, he's from that area, uh, like small town, like 300 people, and they got Chase Young who went number two, and legitimately Christian Darrisaw is now getting top 50 buzz. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely a really good player. You know, as soon as I got the chance to see him over the summer as well, I thought you know some of the same thoughts as you. Um, but uh, going back to the game, um, Virginia Tech is it's going to be a sleeper team, you know. Uh, their running back, Khalil Herbert, has over 300 yards in just two games. Uh, the grad transfer from Kansas, so he's someone. I bet you keep... he's happy to be out of Kansas. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and he's actually getting playing time. You know, he's sitting behind Puka Williams. But uh, yeah, he's getting some playing time now. Virginia Tech is making, you know, all you know types of strides for it. Um, their quarterback, I think Burmeister or something like that. He's okay. Uh, I think if it comes down to quarterback play, Virginia Tech does not have the advantage, obviously, in this one. Uh, we would have wished that Heaton uh, Hooker would be playing right now, uh, but he's not. So for Virginia Tech, I think they'll keep it close. So defense is really solid. Uh, you know, they got uh, really good front seven, solid secondary. So I think that uh, I don't know what the point spread is on this game. Uh, um, I can check. I had it a second ago, but I went to click to find out what – uh, something else, and now my screen is. Uh, I want to say it's. It, I think it's like six and a half for North Carolina. I can. I can confirm in a second. Yeah, it's five. Five. Okay. I think that it's that, that. That's a pretty good line. I think. I think that's kind of the right right area. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Uh, but I'm gonna take North Carolina uh, with the point spread. I think that. Uh, they're just gonna have. It's just gonna be a little bit too much for for Virginia Tech, and I think if it comes down to Sam Howell and that offense, I think they'll be able to move the ball, um, and and get points on the board. So obviously, I'm gonna take North Carolina win this game and the points for them. Um, and of course, watch out for uh, you know, Chad Surratt and uh, you know, Diami Brown and the the other receiver. I can't ever think of his name. Daz Newsom. Uh, Daz Newsom, uh, watch out for those three guys. Uh, the core, the running back as well, Michael Carter. Yeah. Um, sorry, I thought I had my microphone muted for a second for some reason. Um, yeah, Virginia Tech has a really good strong schedule after this game where there's a lot of very winnable games. So we could see Virginia Tech. I think they're playing a uh, a ten game season. I think we could probably see them finishing around like seven and three, eight and two. Uh, this game is very dependent on that as well. Um. I just don't know if they're quite ready for that yet. Mac Brown, like those get those kids in North Carolina, they're bought in. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tech pulls the upset. 
This is a North Carolina program that is still really not used to being hunted like this. And I think that Virginia Tech, while they're also in that same boat, there's a lot more familiarity with Justin Fuente than there is with Mac Brown on those, you know, with those players, right? So while I think that North Carolina is the, uh, like the more talented team, we could see a situation where Virginia Tech pulls an upset by like three points or so. Yeah, I, I am going to pick the Tar Heels though. Yeah, I can see it. All right, next up, I think this is a very disrespectful, uh, disrespectful scoreline. LSU at home, they're number 17 in the nation, favored by 14 points against Missouri and that offense that can't score anything. Give me LSU with the spread. LSU with the spread. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, Missouri's offense is atrocious. Yeah. It's atrocious. Um, Good luck. Good I, luck t- trying to throw the ball. <laughs> Sean Robinson. I think that's his name, the quarterback. Um, I, I, I swear his name is Sean Rob. This is great radio. This is- <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> no? Connor Bazelic? Oh, oh, it's not Sean Robinson. Yeah. Sean Robinson lost his starting job, it appears. Yep. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> and a freshman I was starter. excited about him. Because he, he played okay at TCU, and then he transferred the same year as Kelly Bryant. But, man, like, that offense cannot move the ball at all. Yeah, um, yeah they, they're they're working with a true freshman, Connor, Connor Bazalek. Uh, yeah, Tyler Beatty, who I was excited about, he's, he can't get anything done. Larry Roundtree is their leading rusher by, like, a lot with 150 yards. They have Demon Hazelton, the the former VT player, but again, like you said, no one can get him the ball. That offense is stagnated, and that defense is having to have a lot of pressure put on it. And you know what? A team that with a defense that has to carry the weight of you know um, of the roster does not want to see on the schedule LSU in Baton Rouge, LSU by like three touchdowns minimum. Yeah, Missouri might be Missouri might be the second worst team in the conference. Uh, they might be the worst. You think that Vandy? You think they're worse than Vandy? Uh, Vandy could probably put more of more of a fight. Well, we'll see because LSU just faced Vandy, <laughs> so good litmus. Well, test. if they if they lose by more than thirty four points, then I think we have our answer. <laughs> uh, here's a game that has. So you know how in my NFL preview last week I said that uh, the luster on the Eagles and the Niners had completely worn off over the course of a month. Well, this is that in college football. This is number 22, Texas, at 1-2, Oklahoma. OU favored by two and a half. Sure, give me OU, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I could care less about this game, to be honest. Um, This is a game I always look forward to, and I have no interest in it this year. Yeah, because they both are disappointing. I mean, Texas is by their... By the way they're playing, you would think they're 0-3. <laughs> well, no, no. They they did destroy UTEP. Uh, that don't count, man. That was a scrimmage. Come on, man. Yeah, and then they then they, then they they had to come from behind by, like, 20 points against uh, Texas Tech, who had almost lost to Houston Baptist. All they had to do was just run the clock out, man. Well, that's Texas Tech. They don't, they don't believe in running the football. Um, 
and then yeah, they lose to TCU. I don't know what's going on in Oklahoma. This game just there's no interest in it for me. I really don't care. I have a feeling we're gonna see the the over under on this game is seventy two. Well, yeah, they expect no defense to be played because neither team has played defense up until this point. <laughs> Oklahoma, especially. Texas can, Texas held TCU to 33 points. They just only held 31. <laughs> held to 33 points. That's funny. Um, uh, yeah, this could be a high scoring game. I mean, I, I'll, I'll pick Oklahoma, I guess. I mean, I don't have, I have zero confidence in picking either team. Uh, just based on how they're, they both been playing, uh, wildly inconsistent. Um, but you never know, man. Oklahoma might turn around and, and still end up winning the conference. I mean, that's it, seen... it's going to be hard for them to win the conference with probably, dude, they're, let's be honest. They're going to have three losses on their schedule because they got to face Oklahoma State still. And I think Oklahoma State is, is going to outclass them because right, Oklahoma we'll State see, we'll can see, put up we'll points see. and Oklahoma can't play defense. And yeah, Oklahoma State's true. defense is one of the best in the country. That is very true, but I, I just know that Oklahoma's teams usually get better over the course of the season. So That is true. I am going to pick the Sooners because I just want complete bedlam, no pun intended. Um, and I want it to be even more obvious that Oklahoma right now is – or Oklahoma State is a class of the conference. And that yeah. their, their biggest competition coming into the year, which is Texas and Oklahoma – they're just eliminating themselves. Remember, yeah, I, I mean, I had Oklahoma State as the second best team in the conference coming into the year. I guess the thing for me is that I'm just disappointed with Oklahoma. I'm disappointed most of these teams. Uh, you know, for Rambo, uh, Charleston Rambo, he just hasn't had the season we thought he might. And really, offensively, I mean, even Creed Humphrey has struggled. You know, yeah. so. Nobody uh, on either team is really looking great in terms of dra- draftable prospects. Caden Stearns had his e- issues last week, uh, you know, in coverage. So it- it's kind of hard to, to – well, obviously, Joseph Asai is the only one that's done himself justice, but everyone else is just – Not only that, if you look at Oklahoma, like Oklahoma, they had a couple of defensive prospects. Neither – like they haven't played well at all. Ronnie Perkins, I ain't heard his name once. Deshaun White not playing well. Uh, well, Oklahoma's defense as a whole just playing like hot garbage. So, uh, give me Oklahoma by three, probably like 65 to 62. And neither of these teams know how to play defense. All right. Next up, 330 game. This one's going to be, oh man, I am so recording this game because I'm at work, uh, from 330 till 10, uh, on Saturday. So I'm missing a lot of these big games. Uh, so we have Tennessee and Georgia, number 14, Tennessee. And number three, Georgia, you and I have been excited about this game all week. Georgia's favored by 12 and a half. Disrespectful. So disrespectful. Disrespectful. After week one, I heard so much crap from some of our colleagues about, I'm too high on Tennessee. I'm too high on Tennessee. You think that Tennessee is better than Mississippi State? Yes. Yes. Very much so, yes. (laughs) Especially after last week, absolutely yes. Um... But yeah, I think that Tennessee is is going to be competitive. Um, it's really going to come down to the trenches, man. Um, Tennessee's offensive line versus Georgia's defensive line. Uh, if Tennessee can run the ball effectively, they'll be in this game throughout. Um, you know, it's, it's just 
It's tough because, like, Georgia looked really good uh, with Stetson Bennett the fourth last week. Um, I heard that Cade Mays isn't actually playing for Tennessee. He is. He is? I heard he wasn't. No, he is. I heard that the NCAA uh, granted him eligibility, but the SEC wasn't. They they, uh, granted him for last week, so he played last week in the game. Um, Yeah, the East Pen has 11% chance for Tennessee to win. Wow. Um, I mean, I feel like Tennessee has the edge, though, in the quarterback battle. I mean, we've Not said it. a lot. We we said a lot about Jared uh, Garantano, you know, over the years, but uh, he's actually, you know, he's actually played well this season. You know, he's making some tries as a passer. He's not going to be, you know, anything special or amazing, but he's doing enough to you know, win them football games and move the ball down the field, you know? So I don't want people to pretend like, you know, he's just some bum, you know, he's, he's, you know, improving his completion percentage and whatnot. And he just looks a lot better than he has in the past. You know, he's, he's made the fatal mistakes in the past, but you know, he's avoided that this year, but you know, at the end of the day, I still think Georgia will win the game. I just don't think it's going to be more by more than 12 points. I honestly think it's going to be a seven, ten point game where Tennessee is hanging with them through the end and, you know, Georgia has to, you know, hold them off pretty much. So for it to be a twelve and a half point, you know, thing, you know, it's kind of disrespectful. And Tennessee's defense is pretty good. You know, they have talent. You know, Henry Toto, Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor. You know, I really like Tennessee's defense. And I think they can uh, do a pretty nice job in, in slowing down Georgia's running ability. Um, but they're going to have to deal with, you know, obviously Georgia will have fans. They're going to deal with the atmosphere in a little bit and, uh, you know, deal with some adversity. But I think that Tennessee keeps this one close. I think what's funny is that we just talk, talked about the Oklahoma-Texas uh, over-under being 72. Over-under for this game is 43. Yeah, uh, it's not going to be one of those games that's a nope. shootout. At all, you know, it's a defensive game. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia in this one again, just like you said. I'm going to take this one close, though. I think Tennessee probably keeps this within six points. We're not going to spend too much time on this next game, Devin, because number 15 BYU is favored by 34 and a half points over three and one UTSA. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, give me the points and BYU winning. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Zach Wilson is playing really well. It's garnered the attention of a lot of the national media. He's got 11 incompletions in three games. Yeah, he has an 84 percent uh, completion percentage. So, <laughs> My God. Yeah, he, he, he want to talk about an insane start. He, he's having an insane start. Um, I'm not gonna tune into this game. Uh, maybe for a couple minutes to see how he's looking, but other than that, man, there's there's no chance that this game is even close. I don't. Even, I'm kind of scared to even take the points because I I think they're gonna get up by so much that they're gonna put in second and third stringers right. and UTSA is gonna go down the score. Uh, so I'm taking BYU, not with. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know you gotta pick UTSA for the spread. Uh, you're really not making any money off of this, so no. I, I wouldn't even bet on this game. No, 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 but give me the fighting Mormons. 
All right, another 3.30 kickoff. You can find this one on ABC. You have 1-2 and two, Texas Tech versus number 24, Iowa State. Iowa State favored by 12.5, by the way. You're muted. I thought uh, I had <laughs> unmuted myself. Um, oh, boy. Uh, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I really have no confidence in either team once again. Uh, the difference probably will be Brees Hall. He's been going crazy uh, the, these first couple weeks. Uh, still not a believer in Brock Purdy. Um, even though he had a better game, you know, he, he only completed 50% of his passes last week. Um, so I'll pick Iowa State to win the game. Uh, Alan Bowman for Texas Tech is out uh, and injured once again. So I, I – there's really no reason to pick Texas Tech at this point. Uh, I got Iowa State. I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think Iowa State covers, though. Yeah, this is going to be the exact opposite of yesterday's Thursday nighter, which, by the way, we didn't even mention coming into this. But, yeah, the Thursday night game between the Bucks and the Bears, that, that game was boring. I turned, I turned the game off. We don't because uh, certain players came and remember what down it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that this morning. I'm like, oh, okay, glad I missed that. Okay. Cool. Moving on. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see if they've got another one in them this week because it's Arkansas, apparently the favorite team of the Big Shots podcast the last week and a half or so. <clears throat> At number 13, Auburn. <laughs> Auburn favored by 13 and a half. Over under on this game is 46, so they have no faith in Auburn's offense. I have tremendous respect for Arkansas, but I'm sorry. I'm going to take Auburn and the point spread. Uh, I just I just think Auburn is going to come out and, and have something to prove and uh, run away with this one. This is the least impressive quarterback matchup I've seen in a long time with Bo Nix and Felipe Franks. Still not seen it with Bo Nix. Uh, no, no, he's not good at all. At all. Um, oof. Uh, this one's tough, because again, Arkansas, I mean, they shut down a really good offense, or I was told it was a very good offense. I was told it was the greatest offense in the history of offenses, and they shut them down. Just imagine what they could do against an offense that already shuts itself down. Yeah, I mean, I I, could, I am I, taking Auburn, but I'm taking Arkansas to cover the spread. This is this is decided by less than a touchdown. Actually, well, I won't go that far. I'll say it's decided by less than ten points, but the spread's thirteen and a half. So yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, would it would it not be insane for Arkansas to pull back to back upsets on the road <laughs> against top fifteen ranked teams? I tell you what, if they do that. The the recruiting is gonna. You know, hit a whole different mark. I tell you that. And Sam Pittman is apparently one of the best recruiters in the country. So, I mean, Arkansas is gonna—they're gonna be making some noise here in a couple of years as long as they get a reliable quarterback. You want to talk about uh, consistently bad quarterback play? Uh, Arkansas is at the top Arkansas of the list. I mean, they—they they just kept using the Allen brothers, you know, like Brandon Allen, Austin Allen. I think there's another just... Allen brother in there somewhere. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down a dark path, though, because that's a dark path. That is a very dark path. I, I want Arkansas to be better. 
I don't want them to be the doormat of the conference. I don't either, but I also don't want to be LSU. The no. Same, in in the same year that the Alabama beats LSU, you know, because that's, that's what typically happens. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, 7.30 game, ABC. This one's probably going to be the one that a lot of eyes are on. Number seven, Miami, at number one, Clemson. Clemson favored by 14 points. Here's the thing. I remember the last time both of these teams faced each other, and, like, Miami was, like, top 10, top 15 at the time. Clemson steamrolled them, like, 63 to 10 or something like that. I'm scared about that. This ain't that same Miami team, though. Studs everywhere. Derek King, balling right now. Cameron Harris, balling right now. Brevin Jordan, balling. The offensive line for Miami still sucks. But, unlike years past, they actually have a quarterback that can diminish the effects of a terrible offensive line. That defense for Miami, whoo, nasty. Absolutely nasty. Jalen Phillips, the former Notre, no, not Notre Dame, UCLA kid. Can you imagine, I know I've said this before, if Ruzo had stayed and they had had those three as a rotation, this is a team that last year was trying to make uh, Trayvon Hill a thing. And they had another, uh, like, Jonathan Garvin. Like, can you imagine if instead we got a proper three-man rotation of Ruzo, Roche, and Phillips? Those guys are absolutely crushing it right now. Miami's got to keep this within two touchdowns. I still think Clemson wins. But I think that it's probably a one-possession game. Can you imagine the scenes if Miami wins? If Miami wins, do you think they go number one or like top three? They'll be top three. You think that? Yeah. They'll be top three. They'd be behind Bama. Who else? Probably Ohio State, I guess. I don't know. I don't Uh, even know who's top three. Ohio State is in the rankings now. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, um, I just hope this game is more like the Clemson Louisville game we had with, you know, Deshaun Watson versus Louisville, uh, more than, you know, obviously what Clemson did to Miami like a couple years ago. Um, it's just going to be hard because De'Ara King is going to have to play out of his mind and he can't turn the ball over. He's going to have to beat Clemson with his arm and legs, um, extend plays and probably it's probably going to be the best quarterback that Clemson faces this year. Uh, to be frankly honest, uh, you know, a quarterback that can do a little bit of everything. So to me, if Miami, you know, does the right play calling and, and use the Eric King in a run game and not just him don't, uh, you know, driving back and passing, I think they can keep it close. Uh, I'm going to pick Miami to, to cover the spread. Uh, I don't think Clemson wins by 14 or more at this point. I think that it's going to be like probably a 10, 13 point game. At best, I still got Clemson winning, though. I just don't think Miami has enough yet to beat Clemson. Uh, and Clemson really hasn't played a full game since what? The college football national championship? I think so. <laughs> I mean, they haven't had to play a full game like this in quite some time. So really since the North Carolina game, even before that, you know, they haven't played a full 60 minutes. So. This will be a good test to see Trevor Lawrence in that fourth quarter. Finally, you know, we've, I felt like it's been like 19 years since he's actually played a full game. Um, 
and we want to see him under pressure against a, a big time school. So uh, I think that, um, you know, Jalen Phillips and um, Quincy Roche will get some pressure on him and, and force him to make plays outside of the pocket. And we'll get to see more of Trevor Lawrence in his game. So I think it'll be a win-win Saturday night. And I think we oh, yeah. should go on and win. All right, here's another one. This is one that we've had marked on our calendars since the moment it dropped. Nick Saban versus Lane Kiffin. Now, let me tell you, Lane Kiffin is just, can I be honest with you? Yeah. Lane Kiffin is one of the more overrated coaches in the, in college football. Cause, oh, for cause, sure. Because we, we've seen him. Like, yeah. we saw him coach at Tennessee. It didn't go well. We saw him coach at USC. It didn't go well. Then he went to Alabama. And then all of a sudden, it was like he was the greatest coaching prospect ever. It's like, dude, y'all know he's already coached for like a decade, right? Yeah. And then he went to Florida Atlantic, and it's like every every head coaching vacancy was like, you know, they're gonna you know hire Lane Kiffin instead. It's like, yeah. I think that because he's good on Twitter, a lot of people have overrated and looked past the fact that Lane Kiffin just straight up is not that good of a coach. Here's my take. I think he's like the Sean McVay of coaching in college football. Like, he'll get talent in there. He'll have, he's an innovator, a play innovator. But when it comes down to coaching, he's not going to outcoach the bigger coaches. You know? Wow. I feel like that's what he's happens with fun. Sean McVay. Like, no. they, they call fun plays. They're innovators. They think of things differently outside of the box. But when it comes down to actually winning the game, in in winning the big games, it, it just doesn't happen. But did you see that uh, Lane Kiffin um, and some of the other former like Alabama coaches, I think Jeremy Pruitt and some other guys, they have a group text. Yes, yes, I did see that. Must champ. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, um, I think I think as he said, we all have the same dad, and I think dad teaches son a lesson. Um, yeah, this is a, uh, th- this is a, sorry, my cat is interrupting the podcast once again. This is once again, uh, another example of, um, Nick Saban beating his former assistants. I, I think he's 20 and 0. Yeah, against... he's never lost. He's never yeah. lost. Yeah. And I think that this continues. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect Alabama to lose Ole Miss. This is not, this is not the... You know, Bo Wallace era. This is not the Chad Kelly era. This is not, you know, the, um, the Hail Mary prayers and it's, it's not, this is not the, the time. Um, but I will say though, uh, they will put up a lot more points up against Alabama than some of the other teams this season probably will because it's incredibly difficult for them, for teams to cover that offense. So I think points will be put up, you know, tomorrow night. In that game, um, oh yeah, over under sixty nine and a half. Yeah, obviously Alabama's gonna run away with it, but uh, Ole Miss is gonna put up some points and, and really catch some people's eye, you know. So I I expect it to be a high scoring one, but I still expect Alabama to win and cover. Uh, so you, you expect them to cover the spread? The spread's twenty three and a half. Oh, I did. I thought it was like <laughs> seventeen. Never no, mind. it's twenty three and a half. Never mind. I don't expect them because. They're going to run away with the game early, and then um, they're going to come back and, and make it a closer game than 23, so I wouldn't bet on the 23 points. Yeah. I feel bad that, we, that we're that we wrapping up with this game, 
because this is just the way that ESPN has it listed, because this is a game I have zero interest in, Devin. I don't know about you. Do you want to watch Florida State versus nope. Notre Dame? Nope. <laughs> Keep it. It didn't matter who that second team was. Nope. I heard Florida State and it was a wrap. I'm yeah, good. they are favored by, as my cat starts knocking stuff off the counter, uh, yeah, they're favored by 21 points. Give me Notre Dame and the points. The line on this game is 53. Listen, Florida State is down to their third-string quarterback. Are they really? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they, they barely benched, beat Jacksonville they State. The, they benched the backup last week against Jacksonville State. The third-string quarterback had to come in to win the game for them. So, What a mess. Are we talking about Tate Rotomaker? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Not, wow. What a pathetic. They have played. They're. They're. This is their fourth game, right? I guess. Yes. <laughs> uh, Florida State, as a team, has 600 passing yards. This is like watching Northwestern again. We got to watch them again this fall. Do we, though? Do we? Do we actually have to watch Northwestern? Patty Fisher. Stop. Stop. <laughs> it's been three years of people saying that Patty Fisher is going to be a thing. And I can assure you, I can assure you, Devin, he's not. He's not a thing. It's not a thing I care about. I don't need to watch the film. His his final tape grade was put in a year ago. Okay? He was so bad last year that when he announced he was going back to school, the school didn't even announce it with, like, a big, you know, like, tweet. All right? I didn't realize that, that Patty Fisher had actually gone back to school till midway through February. All right? Because Northwestern didn't even bother tweeting it out. And when your school doesn't tweet out that you're coming back, you don't really matter. And I guess that means that Patty Fisher to Northwestern doesn't even matter. By the way, Don't. yeah, oh god, they start the season off against Maryland. <laughs> yes, sir. No, not watching that game. I mean, you might you might be intrigued because Tua's brother might be starting. Yeah, but he's a freshman. We saw what Tua did as a freshman. I know, Tua? but it's not like I'm watching it for the draft. <laughs> that's true. That is true. That's still that's still two weeks from now. Yeah, we're almost there. Almost there. We getting there, man. But you know where we have gotten, Devin? We've gotten to the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Be... Hold on, hold on, hold oh. on. We, we, we got one more game to, to predict, man. What? We talk, Are we still... Are you actually making me predict this Notre Dame-Florida State game? No, 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 no. What game? Mississippi State and Kentucky. Oh, yeah. I do have to predict that one. Hang on. do, 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 do. I didn't think you were going to hold me to that, but I guess we do. God, the SEC has a pretty bad slate this week. Because all of the... Oh, my God. We got, like, South Carolina, Vandy. Nope. <laughs> not watching that one. No, not watching even a second of that one. And then we got this one. Kentucky is favored by two points at home. Their offense is allergic to moving the football. Ha <laughs> 
Folks, this is why you uh, you put your co-host in the bind sometimes. You get great radio. It's not even like the Eagles where I can just pick a tie. No, college football does end. <laughs> they will not end in a tie. You know what I think? I think the football gods gave Kentucky that loss with like the mixed missed extra point and the showboating where like AJ Rose was tackled from behind midpoint to the crowd because he thought he was like twenty yards clear and he was actually about a foot and a half clear of the of the closest defender. I think he I think the football gods gave Kentucky that so that people would think that despite Kentucky being the favorites, that Mississippi State would cruise to a victory. Just so that Kentucky can hand it to Mississippi State once again. Because, I mean, Kentucky has low-key been Mississippi State's daddy for, like, the last five years. And I think that continues. I'm going to pick Kentucky in this game. I'll disagree and pick Mississippi State. I don't think Kentucky's offense is going to move the ball. Uh, I really like their offensive line, but uh, Terry Wilson, man, uh, he's been pretty much everything for this offense. Haven't really gotten a a running game going. Uh, Throwing the ball down the field has been... Quite non-existent. Um, but then again, Mississippi State has been giving up big plays, um, defensively especially. You know, uh, you know what, a, you know what the, the cure for a team that can't move the ball is, right? A team that don't play no defense. Yeah. So, uh, I could, I could very well see this one be, becoming a shootout. Um, but I'm a big Mississippi State. I think, uh, the, the X factor for Mississippi State will be Osiris Mitchell. I think he's going to have a big game. Can you um, imagine the scenes on Twitter if Kentucky beats Mississippi State? You've now the lost scenes on back- your Twitter feed, correct? <laughs> you talk mad shit, and then you lost to Arkansas, who hadn't won a game in the conference in 20 attempts, and then you lose to 0-2 Kentucky. And then, that, then that they got to face A&M different. next, don't they? Uh, yes. And so that actually, let's say they lose to Kentucky. All right. Just humor me on this. They lose to Kentucky tomorrow. They get A&M, which again was a team that Mississippi State fans were, quote, not afraid of because A&M is soft. And then Bama will be close because Mike Leach is tied with Saban as the best coach in the conference. They have to go to Bama for that one, by the way. Yeah, that could be one in th- three? No, that would be one in four. Which would mean I already win my bet with the, st- with the state of Mississippi. Then they get Vandy, but right, Vandy is actually a trap game because they have Auburn the next week. <laughs> hey, they could be one in four, like, you know. They could be one, they could be one in six at one point. If you, like, let's say into that trap game because they're looking ahead to Auburn. That's one in six. Because yeah, I think if they if they go if they go one in five, I don't think they're gonna lose to Vandy. But I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I I know you wanted to have them, but they, they ain't gonna lose to Arkansas and Vandy in the same season. Dude, can you imagine if they lose to Arkansas, Kentucky, and Vandy? I, I... <laughs> How long do they? They'll they be calling for his job. Yeah, because here's what they have: they have this week at Kentucky, A and M, at Bama, Vandy. All right. Let's say they lose the, those next three. They beat Vandy, okay? They're, they're going to beat Vandy because a trap game doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> when you're when you have two wins and it's and it's mid in mid November, there's no such thing as a trap game. 
Then you get Auburn at Georgia at Mississippi. <laughs> Worst case scenario, this legitimately could be a three-win season for, for Mississippi State. Because every team, other than Auburn, every team, okay, and Vandy, like every team they face can put up points. They don't get a team that can't put up points until Vandy. Like, Kentucky is having a bad season. They've put up points in both games. I mean, they've had a tough draw, though. I mean, yeah. Auburn and Ole Miss is, is not anything to sneeze at to the beginning of the season. So they're going to get their wins eventually. You know, it could they're be, it could be, it could be like Saturday. <laughs> it's, it's, could, dude, they're winning their next tomorrow or Vandy. Yeah, so. And then they to, might have to wait another month. Just had to like humor you real quick. Missouri. Yeah. Just had to humor you real quick. Oh, God. And we ended up, I swear to God, spending five minutes on that game. <laughs> At least. All right, guys. That's going to do it for today's podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, MikeH underscore draft. You can follow Devin on Twitter, RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter, Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Or follow Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. Till next time. Take it easy.